Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. There are hundreds of TV streaming services, but if you need something new, bold and Black, then Black Oak TV is the streaming service for you. Black Oak TV features original content from Black filmmakers, YouTubers, and comedians. So if you're tired of waiting around for that one new Black show every other month, then go to blackoak.tv slash DSM and use the code DSMPOD, that's D-S-M-P-O-D, to get 50% off of your first month. Black Oak TV, all Black content, all the time. Hello, Courtney, how are you? Hey, how about you? No, remember, you're supposed to oh, say, no. live in large and take a charge, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you're supposed to greet people. <laughs> missed it. <laughs> I missed it. I, I didn't seize the moment there. That's my favorite yes. part of the whole movie. <laughs> I thought you were just genuinely striking up conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I caught you off guard. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you can't tell by now, this episode, we will be talking about the 1997 comedy Baps, directed by Robert Towson and starring Holly Berry and Natalie DeSalle. Oh, may she rest in peace. It was so nice to see her in this film. Um, yes. And I also didn't realize that this was actually the same time that they were filming Cinderella, too. So mm. this was her the highlight of, not the highlight, but like the prime time of her career where she was doing all these different films. So shout out That's to her. her. May she rest in peace. Mm. Yes. That and when did How to Be a Player come out? Ooh, Google's. That was in 1997, too. Was it? Yeah. Wow. She was doing, this was a good year for her. <laughs> it was. She was doing great. Yeah. I forgot about that. Now I feel like we got to watch How to Be a Player next. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> on the list. Already on the list. <laughs> Another great quote that we got from Mickey was, A rear dirty to YouTube. It's mozzarella and fettuccine. <laughs> she was so ignorant. My, who my... is Alfred? You know, Batman's homeboy. <laughs> You'd be good in, a, in another one of that. <laughs> Wait, he? He would. And you get that job. Goodbye, <laughs> They were so hype. I loved it. And I like their little ad-libs, too, with it, because they were just mad ignorant. But my favorite was when they ran into LL Cool J. <laughs> Ladies love! Ladies love! <laughs> oh, Lady Love in the flesh. Ain't nothing like a brother who practices what he preached. Remember when we read it? Right on Majesty, he done married his baby's mama. Sure so did. You a good man, too. I know who be throwing that ass at you. Know. I know. Remember what Tintin said? She slept with him. Precious too. She Ooh. said he got it going on. Keep licking them lips. Oh. And I know you with your baby mama. But if the shit don't work out, you know you can come in. <laughs> like, calm down, girl. <laughs> she really said that with her chest. <laughs> the shit don't work out. <laughs> she was ready to hop on it. <laughs> <laughs> And when um, at the very beginning, I thought it was hilarious when they um, we get the guest cameo from Rudy Ray Moore. And <laughs> she tell <laughs> me, see, girl, don't pay him no mind. He think he Dolomite. He is Dolomite. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I'm mad she went and scraped his toast off. <laughs> Talk about you asked for everything well done. Not my toes. I right. wait. <laughs> my toes. <laughs> and then I was I think there were so many um good little cameos like within the movie um mm -hmm. especially um Uncle Bernie made a little cameo 
The capital of this shit, Nisi. If it's too hot in the kitchen, leave. If the shoe don't fit, the shoe fits, wear it. And if it's too tight, take it off. I don't want to hear nothing, Nisi. Not another word. I'm not afraid, no so. Hey, shut up. I'm the captain of this doggone ship. If it's too hot in the kitchen, Nisi, leave. If the shoe fit, wear it. If it's too tight, take it off. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> he says, not another up. syllable. Ah, not, shut up. Not, yes. Oh my gosh. It was so extra with his part. I felt like he might have ad-libbed that one because I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> true in true Bernie Mac fashion. May he rest in peace as well. I feel like we're losing so many good legends. Oh <sighs> well, this is hard. Mm-hmm. It really is. But this yeah. is how we honor them. It's part of yes. the purpose of the show. Yes, absolutely. And it, you know, it's also making me realize that I'm I'm aging, friend. <laughs> Girl, we owe. <laughs> I've worked hard to get these good auntie vibes going. <laughs> I really do pride myself in being one of the best aunties ever. So, you know, I'll take that. I'll take mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Flips my hair and keeps it going. Big cousin court. Hashtag goals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another quote that sticks out to me that I just think is so funny. I don't even know if I've recognized this the first couple times I watched this. Is when they are fussing at Ali. And he's like, we've been thinking about putting the applications for a month. But, you know, buses don't run everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just like, ew. I'm like, I was so happy they was going to dump them. Like, what? <laughs> I was thinking about. Not I've been doing it. Not that it's been done. It is merely a thought. That is I was it. stopped because, you know, the buses don't run. <laughs> and that was then led by and, and followed by an excuse of the public transportation. Wow. Wow. You're just such a great guy. <laughs> Limited resources. What do you want from <laughs> Sick of it. Sick of it. But how are you going to be a, a luxury cab service? And you ain't, you ain't even, even got a driver's license. <laughs> Halle Berry just finally just put it out there for everybody to know. And it's just like, oh, wow. She didn't have to crush that man's life like that. She did not have to come for his dreams like that. In the middle of the club, you know. In front of everybody, tried to embarrass that man. After he done knocked old boy out in his face like that. Defended your honor. Defended (laughs) your honor. Get back up so I can knock you back down. (laughs) He could could not get up. Terrence could not get up. He was struggling (laughs) to get up. He said, I swallowed my gold tooth. (laughs) <laughs> first of all let's talk about these gold teeth oh my god and the club was named gold was it gold, was it, it was it was golden teeth wanted a golden uh, tooth uh, <laughs> ladies night at the golden tooth golden tooth golden tooth <laughs> like, i can't what? front because we have a club in buffalo it's a bar it's not a club it's, it's a bar it's called okay. but it's called the golden nugget See, I would even be okay with that. But it seemed okay. like, and then the fact that they had the <laughs> the wand going up and down and then like beep, beep at the teeth. Y'all are trifling. Y'all are trifling. Okay. Can we talk about Robert Thompson's use of stereotypes in this movie? <laughs> Bruh, I was so disappointed. Especially... I was like, does he not like Atlanta? Is there, is this his movie against Atlanta? <laughs> right. And I, then I was like, well, maybe it kind of does seem very Atlanta-ish. Ooh, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Delete that. Again, okay, so <laughs> listeners who might be in Atlanta. <laughs> the mm-hmm. ideas and thoughts expressed by Dr. Rosie are not those held by the DSM podcast. Wow, 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 wow. It's not even hers either. She's just talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> she loves Atlanta. I don't know why she did that to y'all. <laughs> I do. I do love me some Atlanta. I can't even lie. <laughs> but it's like they tried to make like the Decatur Beverly Hillbillies with this film. Right, right. <laughs> Which was pretty trash. I'm I'm not going to lie. And if I were from Atlanta, I would think this movie is trash too. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some really cute moments, some really funny, funny moments in this movie, especially Halle Berry breaking it down in that patent level or plastic, but actually suit 
she was wearing. She was bad in that suit, though. She was. I can't front like it wasn't cute. So my issue is not with the suit. It's with her breaking it down in the sound effects. That's my girl. That's my girl. That's my girl. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, we got this. Booyah. 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 <laughs> oh my God. And the hair. The hair was so obnoxious on that flight. And the fact that my girls had to like slouch down in the seat so that people behind them could see. Hey, you with the hair. <laughs> Can you imagine being the only black flight attendant and having to go to them and be like, y'all, I'm sorry. Your hair is beautiful, but can you please lower it? <laughs> I love your hair. <laughs> I think I would have handled it exactly the same. It's beautiful, by the way. Right. But the dude who was sitting next to her, when he she poked him in the eye, would he, ah, shit. <laughs> right. I was like, that's a lot of spritz. And <laughs> pump it up. Pump it up. <laughs> pump, pump, pump it up. <laughs> Yo, pump it up will have your hair stiff for days. Forever. <laughs> Y'all talk about gorilla glue. Shit. It don't move. It, it don't it move. Don't move. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what they had in their hair, ladies and gentlemen. Pump <laughs> it up. I'm like, how did she even get all of that done? Like the crown, she had like a crown looking thing on her hair. You have to remember this is the 90s Atlanta Bronner Brother days where hair shows, that's what was at the big hair facts. shows. Big, big, big facts. Yes. So yeah. hmm But I mean, once they got to Beverly Hill, they were they were cute. They were fly. Missy stayed with them rollers. She had her hair tied up all the time. All of the time. Priorities, okay? okay. She, <laughs> and threw a literal bitch fit when she got it wet in the pool. <laughs> My hair! It got wet! <laughs> he was so concerned. He was like, oh, is she, is everything okay? She just mad. She gonna be nasty. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then that turned into a shopping spree. Oh my gosh. So again, back to Robert Townsend and this storyline and his Uh-oh. writing here. Or lack thereof here. Well, actually, he wasn't the writer, right? It was, um, who was the writer for this movie? Actually? I don't know, but I'm holding him responsible because I expect Troy, better. You don't do five heartbeats. Troy Bayer? <laughs> Bayer? Bayer. Yeah, Troy Bayer. Troy Buyer, and she actually was the uh, the attorney in this movie. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, wow, wow, wow! I'm so disappointed, Troy. I hope I, is- but I actually I like the movie, but now like having to watch it for this, and then looking at the messaging and the the pathology behind it, I'm like, oh no, no. Mm-mm. But I like the movie. I I like. I'm not gonna front like I didn't like the movie. I like the movie. I like the movie. Yeah, I like it. But then there were some, you know. Okay, yeah. so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at one point during the 90s, we have Strictly Business. We have BAPS. When did Holly Berry just stop dancing? Ooh. Like, because like, up. yeah, during the 90s, like, we, we need somebody that's going to dance. <laughs> Holly Berry a dance for you? Well, I feel like Holly Berry was like the poster girl for all like black actress. And it's like, well, she can do it all. And yeah, maybe that's what happened. That's I don't know, but child, I don't know why she was dancing all throughout the 90s, but <laughs> it abruptly stopped once we got to the 2000s. <laughs> I think she, I think it caught up to her. Like <laughs> someone whispered in her ear, maybe we should stop. No more movies where you have to do the writing man. Let's just yeah. stop it there. So <laughs> I think she got the memo and that's what had happened. Okay. <laughs> I think she might've changed managers too. Maybe the manager mm. stopped saying, 
she can do it all. And it was like, actually, she prefers acting only. So here we go. That's my theory. Mm -hmm. I think it's sound. Sounds very logical, reasonable, and rational to me. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, um, Troy uh, Beyer was really disappointed by the film's final production. So... I don't think so, ma'am, do. <laughs> okay, so you wrote the film. You and were there. Like you, wait, you were there during shooting the film because mm-hmm. you were in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... Was disappointed. Okay, mm-hmm. so were, were you disappointed because everybody saw it and they didn't like it? And then you was like, I don't like it either. Or did something terrible happen in the editing room that you weren't a part of? Was it supposed Perhaps. to be a comedy? Was it supposed to be a drama? What? Fill us in, it Troy. Was supposed, it was supposed to be a, a comedy, but I feel that maybe she realized the stereotypes were trumped up a little that bit more. That she wrote? Oh, okay. A little bit more than, than what was expected. And how again, she wrote them when she wrote them? Yeah, again, it's like, it's just my theory. But it's also on the most hated <laughs> list as well <laughs> by film critic Roger Ebert Eberts. <laughs> Eberts. I understand that because there are a lot of it's Ebert, but <laughs> Ebert. <laughs> it's Ebert. It's a respect on that bad day, but <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I can understand the the frustration with the level of stereotypes because there were a lot. But at the same time, I also feel like ghetto folks deserve fairy tales too. Um, very much so, very much so. And you know, I, I didn't expect Halle Berry uh, to be talking about how she's gonna be having to spank somebody ass like they like she Mike Tyson. I hate know? that scene. I don't. Why is she yeah. talking like that? And the way she pulls down her her little bandana. You uh, didn't see it because you was in the kitchen getting popcorn. Yeah. I was like, okay. This is how he did it. Pinky's out. Pinky's out. Come on, girl. Now, you know. Trying to break a finger. Anywho. (laughs) Get it together. Speaking of Nisi, did you diagnose her at all? So I diagnosed Nisi with just pretty much Z codes. Um, Z code 59.6, low income. Mm. Because they couldn't get the hurricanes at the bar. You the know, sixteen dollars. The beers was four dollars a piece. Bruh, I was like, I was wanting to give them my car through the TV. Yeah. her. Nikki <laughs> said, they good for it. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. hell no. <laughs> Wait, it's Nisi, ladies night. Let's go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. It's ladies night. Y'all supposed to be paying for us. Y'all got it free. What? I, You know, and then I've heard, I remember that in college when I would go to ladies night in undergrad and... Somebody like, expected you to buy their drink? Child, yes. I quickly walked away, found someone else to buy me another drink. But... <laughs> He's talking about you got it here for free. And you looking at me, so you might as well buy me a drink, boy. Shoot. Child trifling. It must be the South. Ooh. <laughs> Listeners, again, the ideas, thoughts and ideas expressed by Dr. Rosie B are not those held by the DSM podcast. In fact, they are not those held by Dr. Rosie B. I don't know what's wrong with her today. It's I, what? <laughs> Please. <laughs> You've been in Chicago too long. Robert Townsend from Chicago. That's why he did what he did to Bats. Because <laughs> it's some Chicago Atlanta beef board order that we don't know about. Yeah, but low-key Chicago know. is kind of country because they accent is, is well, high-key country. So it really is. I don't know what the issue is between uh, Chicago and the South right now, but Dr. <laughs> Rose B is falling victim to it. <laughs> I believe that. I love the South. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I love me some North Carolina. That's my little place I call home. I love all the South. (laughs) Some of it I can get rid of. Virginia, you're trash. Oh, no, no. I don't. I lived in Virginia. I liked Virginia. 
I just didn't like the middle school that I went to, but it's okay because all of the boys who made fun of me during my awkward phase in middle school are all bald because they they had terrible hairlines. So I feel rectified in the situation. God yes, love me. Mm, he did. Yes, he mm-hmm. did. And he strikes down hairlines for all of those who form against me. Mm. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. He'll play. And probably his chosen few. All right. Anywho, Nisi. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So the fact that they couldn't get them, them little um, beers and hurricanes that they wanted, mm-hmm. I gave them a uh, low income. And then I also said, um, Z56.9, other problem related to employment, because I think she got fired. That day, no, right? she got $10 back from her pay. Okay. She said, yeah. no, $10. Listen, that's a lot in the waiting industry or in the. Um, it is for daydreaming. Like, you take it $10 for daydreaming. For daydreaming. Sir, she redirect. Daydreaming. She was just looking at the advertisement. It was fully right. a daydream. <laughs> She was looking at the TV. No, no, she was, but it would. It was like you. She definitely was supposed to be taking the people's order. Man, I'm on Nancy's side. She was doing what she was supposed to do. Yes. No, I agree because I struggled with diagnosing Nisi. I bounced. I was like, is she delusional disorder, grandiose type where or is she with like with religious content or is it narcissistic personality disorder? Or is it generalized personality disorder? Or is just just simple, simply desperation to not be poor anymore? And I settled on desperation uh, yeah. to not be poor anymore. But yeah. I did say that we had, uh, I gave her the VCO of V62.89, religious or spiritual problem, because all of this was, the whole experience was tied to her um, belief, her superstition that her mother mother gave her that things come in threes. And so she did, um, I feel like irresponsibly, I will give that she's irresponsible, spent her and Mickey's entire savings to then go to California for a dance competition. No, to be in a, in a music video. And she was not a dancer as they were looking for a dancer. Um, so I felt like could be potentially narcissistic personality but we will rule that out we would just say simply desperation to not be poor anymore we could further evaluate but for what they gave us it was not enough for us to make any specific diagnosis and most importantly there's nothing wrong with feeling like you deserve more because you do and that's something that she said in the film is we don't deserve this we deserve the best and you Mm -hmm. do just because you ghetto ratchet hot mess and your hair say booyah does not mean that you don't deserve the best you do and you should strive for it um i don't think that i would see her as a client individually i think all of my work with her would come with couples counseling but we can talk about that more once we get to ali Mm. yeah i agree i feel like she was just trying to you know be on her every day i'm hustling 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 okay (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I felt like she was just trying to make a better life for herself and my thinking also though was that they were trying to find other ways to get in these affluent crowds if you will because they were talking about going to what tournament or what something about it was either golf and then she was like why don't you go to basketball (laughs) What was she it? She said, Nisi, what, girl? Can't you see I'm trying to read up on our manners? I know, but we're going to need more than manners because right here it says that the rich and famous people hang out at the polo lounge. So? So? Oh, shit. We don't know nothing about playing no damn polo. Then look up in the book and see if you can find a basketball lounge. Yeah! <laughs> So black people can't play polo. Or we know it's basketball. Like, see, little stuff like that. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. he's Robert Thompson. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, that, and then she did take a lot of risks because they apparently they only have enough money for one night in the motel. Um, so in that the was motel. Not in even the motel. hotel. The motel. Not even the Holiday Inn. Mm, oh, mm, mm. So, <laughs> what, what did you have? for mickey i diagnosed mickey as a good christian woman that ain't that she want nothing but a a quality friend it ain't nothing wrong with mickey maybe she should stop uh allowing 
uh, DC to make large decisions on their finances, but nothing diagnosable. That was a good, strong woman right there. That was a good, strong woman right there. It sure was. <laughs> I support everything about Mickey. She was so supportive. That's my girl. That's my girl. She was. And but what made me mad <laughs> sometimes whenever they were talking about his uh Mr. Black Blakemore, what was her grandmother's name? Lily. <laughs> Lily. Anytime he mentioned Lily, she would take she would take a sip. <laughs> like, girl, <laughs> why you gotta be so extra? <laughs> I can't tell no lies if my mouth full. <laughs> and she was a, a good Christian woman. Honest hoes, love mm. the Lord. She didn't want to lie. <laughs> she didn't want to lie. She didn't want to lie, Craig. She didn't want to lie. So, but unfortunately, I diagnosed her. <laughs> and it's, pro- it's probably not the most accurate diagnosis, but guess what? This is the name of the show, so we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I diagnosed her with intermittent explosive disorder, F56.81. Wow. I said reoccurrent behavioral outbursts representing a failure to control aggressive impulses as manifested by either of the following verbal aggression, which is temper tantrum, tirades, verbal arguments or fights, three behavioral outbursts involving damage or destruction of property. She doesn't meet that criteria. The magnitude of aggressiveness expressed during the recent outbursts is grossly out of proportion. That's one. (laughs) 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 <laughs> the reoccurring aggressive outbursts are not permitted. Um, they're impulsive and anger-based. So it makes me think about when she got upset because Antonio couldn't open the safe. <laughs> or how she was about to go off on Manly because he closed the door <laughs> on them because he said, there's no begging around here. <laughs> How'd you get through the gates? <laughs> hey, oh, no, see, it's on. It's all now in Beverly Hills. No, we're gonna do the fight nothing. <laughs> she struggled every now and then, you know, with her impulsivity. So, I mean, other than that, that's it. But even with that, I don't feel like. But it it's wasn't like she was. She wasn't provoked in each of those instances. If if somebody told you, <laughs> go ahead, ain't no begging over here in Beverly Hills. I might feel away. If but my engagement also, ring is inside that safe and you telling me that that's the right code, let me in there. <laughs> Bruh, how are you going to get engaged to this man? And first of all, how is it not alarming he's wearing gloves? Oh, so you cannot feel my rough fingers or my rough hands on your beautiful body. <laughs> oh, shut up. You're about to steal and you got my prints on the damn safe. What the what? Because she is such a good Christian woman, she had no experience with any involvement in such a criminal element. So it seemed like a good... (laughs) Excuses, excuses, excuses. That's where she gets it from. She get it from James. Mm, I see it. Bad excuses. Mm -hmm. James was a product of his environment with limited resources and exposure to opportunities because once he had some capital, they made their business. Mm-hmm. Off of um, Mr. Blakemore's wonderful, uh, generous donation to them. That's what Nisi and Mickey did too? I suppose. I suppose. Anywho. So, Dr. Rosie, I am, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm tired. I feel like all of these streaming services, I am so sick and tired of them having one Black show at a time. Oh, that's true. I'm sick of it too. You know what? We need a black streaming service like today. Like, guess what I just found? What? <laughs> black Oak TV is a new streaming service that is just for us. Yes, child. They have original <laughs> content from black filmmakers, YouTubers, and comedians. And it's all there mm. all the time at your service whenever you want it. Yeah. so if you are tired of just waiting around for your one show to come back on then please go to blackoak.tv slash dsm and use promo code dsmpod that's dsmpod to get 50% off of your first month that's how you tell them that the dsm podcast sent you yes that's it okay let me go ahead and get to this now okay so when you type it in it's blackoak.tv slash dsm 
Mm-hmm. Okay, you got it? I got it. Okay, so then use DSM Pod as your promo code and you can get 50% off so that we don't have to keep waiting around. Look for us, by us, you know. I love it. For the culture, by the culture. Amen. So for the record, I'm definitely interested in recording an episode about the closet bitch. If, if they want to partner up and they want us to diagnose a sitcom or a series, like I think the closet bitch is going to be it for me. Yeah, I'm excited. So I guess all of the listeners then will have to go and subscribe to Black Oak TV so that they even know what the closet bitch is. <laughs> go, go subscribe. Don't forget. Do it right now. Do it right now. Do it right, right now. Right now. <laughs> okay. So, but you did mention Antonio. So I did want to talk about Antonio, who I did mm-hmm. not diagnose. I, did. I just said that I felt <laughs> like he was an exploited immigrant. And so he represents the societal issue of learned anti-Blackness that a lot of non-Black immigrants are who come to America, they learn the American way that is that Black people are the worst. And in order to achieve and be successful in this country, that they have to position themselves as either like distance away from or opposition to or aiding basically in the oppression or expectation of Black people. So I feel like he was an exploited immigrant who just had learned that the American way was anti-Blackness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am definitely, I understand. I get it. I get it. Um, but I definitely diagnosed him with what conduct. What I diagnosed him with conduct disorder. I had nothing else. I was really trying to get someone with kleptomania. I'm still looking for one to diagnose, but he doesn't meet that criteria. But uh, deceitfulness or theft is one of the criteria and it has broken into someone else's house building or car <laughs> um, often lies to obtain goods or favors or to avoid obligations and so you see that when he lies to Nisi, um, not Nisi, uh, Mickey mm-hmm. and also um, when even when he got caught he was still like, we can still go in with the plan. Let's just blame it on that. A plan will still work. <laughs> right. Crazy. The prints are on the save. Right. Crazy. Why That's racist. I to... just wanted to do the accent. I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. Ooh, I mean, but his accent, I mean, it was probably legit, actually, because he was <laughs> um, has stolen items not or of non-trivial value without confronting a victim. Um I don't think he really stole any items per se. He didn't get the opportunity to. Right. Yeah. So, and I would say that. Because they knocked him out like Tyson. (laughs) She beat him up. She had had to spank that ass. I would say adolescent onset. We don't know that. This could be his first experience with stealing. I am. I am reaching here. Okay. Okay, All right. Then reach. Shoot. Let me reach. (laughs) I would say that because I feel like he did come here and he was trying to make good on on what he was doing as a kid. And he realized, even though my parents are working so hard to make a living, they're still not making a living. So this is what I have to do. An exploited Uh, immigrant of anti-Blackness. Yeah, exactly. To your point. So then... Um, so what then he just fell in love with the criminal element and said this is what I will do for the rest of my life pretty much oh okay <laughs> let me and connect those sh- dots for you and like he has shallow or um, has no effect and he has no feelings or show emotion to others except in ways that seem shallow and ins- ins- insincere and superficial he was very shallow with Mickey Yeah. all he was yeah. trying to do was getting them drugs you know? And she said, I am not doing that till I'm married. Because she's okay. a good Christian woman. And you saw how he tried to take advantage of her with that deceitfulness. Oh, your ring is in the same. Right. I would say his his severity level is moderate. You know? Yeah. Okay, so with the, the criminal element, let's stick with it. What did you say about Isaac? Nephew Isaac. Oh, he got the same. He has the same one, too. The same diagnosis. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But see, I feel like his was child onset. Mm, so you feel like he's been this way his whole life. His whole life. He's been doing this. And, you know, he went to his little Ivory League school. and was Not Ivory. Cheating. Not Ivory League. 
<laughs> because he ivory. <laughs> oh yeah, he's ivory complected. So he didn't go to Ivy. He went to Ivory League. Ivory. All white school. <laughs> <laughs> That's another term for predominantly white. You receive an Ivory League education. <laughs> oh God, Daniel, please delete. No. Um, <laughs> That thought and idea is a representation of <laughs> those held by the DSM podcast. Um, okay. So Isaac, because he went to an Ivy League school, cheated his way all the way through school. <laughs> and he was a frat boy. And so he just did things to be mean and, and harmful to people. And so destruction of property was likely in there. Aggression to people and animals. So, yeah. You might have mm-hmm. killed somebody during the hazing process and hid the fact. We don't know. Yes, because of his rich uncle. Mm. He helped him hide it. And was like at High Point he... University. Anywho. <laughs> um. I felt like I didn't get enough from Isaac, so I would like further assessment. I probably would come to the same conclusion as you, but just from what they gave us, I only gave him V codes, but my V codes would go in addition to the diagnosis that I would be aiming for, which was the same as yours. Um, But I did give him V62.83, which is encounter for mental health services for perpetrator of non-spousal adult abuse psychological type. So I did feel like he was perpetrator of elder neglect and abuse um, of the psychological form. Uh, He was doing things to try to manipulate his uncle, which was not okay. And um, had uncle lived, I felt like there could have been an investigation there and possible charges pending against Isaac. Um, I also uh, gave him not necessarily the diagnosis of antisocial, but the VCO of adult antisocial behavior because he did exhibit some of those from what we saw in the film. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm also wondering, as far as his uncle, did you diagnose his uncle? So I gave Mr. B um, unspecified somatic symptom and related disorder. And I felt like that was more so before the girls came. So he was doing nothing but sitting in a dark room. He wasn't eating good foods. Uh, Basically, they were treating him like he was already dead. And so I felt like he kind of internalized that and was starting to feel that way. He was legit just preparing for death, which there is no specific way to do that. Um, and, And you are fully open to the opportunity to prepare for that however you feel fit. Um, I just felt like that was a cause for concern. And I felt like that is the diagnosis that best fit that, which basically um, it applies to presentations in which symptoms characteristic of a somatic symptom for him, which whatever the illness was that he was dying from, we don't, it was a cancer. It was a cancer, but it also seems as if when he was explaining to the girls what he what they were doing, like he, he made it seem like that he had dementia of some sort. Right. But I feel like that was the part of the abuse and his ploy to try to Mm -hmm. trick everybody because he issued the petition of incompetency against Uncle B, where that wasn't necessarily the case. But the the somatic symptom, which would be, and I guess in this case, cancer with him feeling like he or the doctor saying he only had a couple weeks to live, causing (laughs) clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational or other important areas of functioning predominantly, but do not meet the full criteria for any other disorders in the somatic symptom and related disorders diagnosis class. Um, We are going with this one because we did not have, this was an unusual situation where we don't have um, sufficient information to make a specific diagnosis, but he basically was like living to die. Right. Right. Until the girls came and then they helped. Yeah. And I feel like for him, he just kind of went through the stages of, you know, kind of the stages of of death and realizing Mm -hmm. like this is inevitable. So I'm just going to accept it. You know, I think he was at the latter part and realizing like it's going to come to an end, making peace with himself and others around him. Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell that he did that based off of his will and just even how he handled the situation with the girls. And for me, this brought up, you know, like the whole lifespan and development thing and how when you get to eight, like elderlyhood and realizing that um, the way people view elders and, and their value in our society varies based off of culture. 
And so you can tell, even just based off of this movie, that his age wasn't necessarily valued. It was something that was taken um, advantage of. And he was discriminated mm-hmm. against, especially because of his cognitive ability to be able to, you know, take care of himself. And I mean, he had good care, but it wasn't the best, considering that it was coming from his nephew and he was kind of taking advantage of him. Um, but Manly held it down, didn't he? He did. He really looked out for it. That was his friend. And he was mm-hmm. like, Manly's here. Manly's right here. You know, like he really looked. And he, when he saw that the girls were making him this soul food, <laughs> um, <laughs> he was like, I looked into it. I talked with the with the doctor and this is not okay. You know, and, you know, made he was looking out for him. He was really looking out for him. My only thing, I didn't diagnose him necessarily with anything besides the other specified wake disorder. Because I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around him sleeping through all of this chaos. Now, mm. is the mansion that big yes. that this happened <laughs> in one part and he was just sound asleep way on the West Wing? And even when Nisi and, and Mickey are over him, they were not whispering low. They were loudly whispering. Don't you know CPR? <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel like he would have woken up. And and in my in my understanding, when talking to older people, they're like, your sleep is trash. So for him to be sleeping that well, I'm like, mm, okay, maybe something's wrong. Um, and then I gave him a Z code of Z63.4 for uncomplicated bereavement because he's been missing Lily, the love of his life for his entire life. I feel like that's more like, Broken heart. But it's still a part of bereavement. Bereavement. He's lost something. It's an an ambiguous loss. Yeah. But I don't feel bad that much for him because he had full access and ability to just go against once he made his own fortune, he definitely could have just went against his family and went and found Lily himself, but he didn't. So like you wasn't missing her that bad, bruh. True. So there's that. (laughs) Boom. So, <laughs> I mean, if you really loved her, right? Yeah, that's true. I gave Manly, speaking of Manly, I Alfred. Gave her, <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> he was Alfred. Um, Manly would do just fine, thanks. I gave him paranoid personality disorder. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Okay. Yeah, he I was so paranoid. <laughs> But it wasn't it was uh, it wasn't unjustified he is constantly he's living with um mr b and seeing how his nephew is taking advantage of him right and seeing how his nephew is trying to do things so i would be suspicious of anybody that was associated uh with nephew especially if he's bringing them into the house i would be concerned about what their intentions are what they're trying to do and if he didn't really like he said didn't have an experience with soul food and asked somebody and they told him that it could clog the heart it's like, nephew, you're trying to kill him early by feeding him soul food. He just didn't know that Mickey didn't cook it like that because she's preparing her for her African prince, like how Thelma was on Good Times. But Thelma had to stop eating pork and she didn't want to stop eating pork. And she also didn't want to be a sister wife. So I was wondering if Mickey thought it was okay to be a sister wife because she was getting ready for her African prince by stop cooking pork. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Good no, times in a future was, episode, maybe. She was actually preparing for an Italian prince. <laughs> Get it? <sighs> but that's who she was aiming for she was about okay to so manly um i didn't diagnose him at all i just felt like he you know had a very um massive sick mentality almost where i was concerned about him and his independence and once mr b died if he would be okay with finding his own identity and what that would exist like even though he you know how now has all of the funds and the ability to you know create whatever identity that he wants just him struggling with the role change and that would have to occur and how that would shift with um with mr b being gone i feel that he kind of still went into that servitude role even when one Mr. B is gone because he's he's telling the girls at the end, like, oh, mm-hmm. so-and-so wants to interview with you here and here. And so they're telling him, well, tell them. So I feel like he just took on a different role as manager, per se, and not necessarily mm-hmm. um, the butler. 
So then that to me sounds like a little bit like codependency. And again, just things that I would like to address with him if he was my client. Mm-hmm. So I left the the guys as my last two, um, James and <laughs> Allie. <laughs> I gave not Allie. <laughs> what Allie? Allie? Ali? 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 Ebert? Ebert? <laughs> Ebert? Now Allie? Allie? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Ivory, Ivy, uh, <laughs> I'm funny. Um, so <laughs> the code I gave him was Z56.9, other, other problems related to employment because they were thinking about applications. Um, but the bus didn't go everywhere. Right. That's right. Because they're in Atlanta. And then... <laughs> And then I gave him Z.600 or Z. Wait, Z600.0 phase of life problem. Oh. (laughs) I feel like they're just going through a phase of life where they're trying to figure out what they want to do and how they want to, you know, do it, but then also trying to be different and have these entrepreneurial, you know, type of. Things that they want to do. Um, I'm a businessman. You're right. With a parent. And so, yeah. They were just trying to figure out their life. <laughs> they were just trying to figure out their life. So that's why I gave them that. But my oh, one of my other favorite quotes was uh, from James. When he was like, yes. you deserve a big old house. And you, 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 you deserve a big backyard. And I was just like. I'll take you out to dinner. Every time we go out, we got to watch other people eat. Hell, I want to eat, too. eat too. <laughs> and, and, and you need some clothes. Well, 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 why you always got to wear your Sunday clothes on, on, on Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> you my queen. I, 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 I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Again, another moment where Mickey is explosive and slaps him off of the balcony. Mickey was being expressive and overjoyed by having the man who she loved profess his love for her. Don't say it if you don't mean it. (laughs) (laughs) So extra, slaps him off. Mm -hmm. But James, if James was my client, I did not diagnose him. I just um, would want to help him build his emotional intelligence because it does seem like uh, this is his first time really expressing himself in this way. Mm-hmm. And he even says, now look, girl, don't think of do the punk because he cried like a little girl. <laughs> he did say so that. just getting him more um, comfortable and expressing his emotions so that him and Nisi could continue. I mean, and him and Mickey could continue to communicate on a healthy level with them committing themselves to a relationship. And then if Ali was my client, again, I would probably be seeing him in addition with Nisi and couples counseling. I would want to make sure that the problems that they were having before aren't just heightened by the new fame and fortune that they have, especially because Nisi was doing things and arguments to try to hurt Ali with saying like, you don't even, you ain't even got a driver's license. And then him coming back with then doing the same thing back to her and saying, ain't nobody never heard of no damn hair salon with a restaurant in the restaurant. back. That shit don't make no sense questionable he had a very very good point okay right but he did he wasn't shitting on her dreams until she shit on his but he also Mm -hmm. was being tit for tat because she did something to hurt him and instead of addressing that he then tried to hurt her back and Mm -hmm. so that is something that i definitely would want to work on them work with them with on um i do feel like nisi did a lot of projecting she was always talking about how he didn't have any ambitions he wasn't chasing her goal the, his goals but she really didn't have a lot of ambition she really wasn't chasing the goal she really just decided this one time that she was really going to go for something with going to la but before that she really wasn't she was basically in the same boat that he was it's just that she actually had a job post uh, waitress waitressing well, um, no, she was she would she did have a plan they they were saving up for their salon Exactly. So what's the difference between them saving up for their salon and Ali and James preparing for their pager company rented cab service? They actually had they actually had a plan and savings and were working. They didn't have nothing. He was working on getting his driver's license and we see him even get it towards the end before they get the money. 
Now, what is a concern for me is that men often do tie their self-worth, unfortunately, because of systemic and societal pressures, men do tie their self-worth to their ability to provide and what they have obtained. And he could benefit from finding himself in addition to improving his status, because that is something that is important to him is doing better financially, but he also needs to find who he is and his self-worth outside of finances. And this business that they have now with the, the fleet of cars is like direct result of the woman's prosperity. So uh, maybe he could potentially do some career counseling to explore his fitness man self uh, fully <laughs> <laughs> so that he can develop, use those profits to de develop other businesses that has nothing to do with the lady's money. So like he can feel that sense of success, success on his own because if the way that him and Nisi argue and communicate doesn't change, she will hold that against him. Like you only have this business because Mr. B gave us this, or she would say because of me, she wouldn't even recognize that she only also only has her business because Mr. B gave her that money and he has the business because Mr. B gave her that money. I think that she would see it as you have this business because of me. And so I think that he definitely should, um, not just because of their fighting, but on his own, just to make himself feel better, explore what uh, success would look like with creating something on his own, whether that be with James or just a, a business that he has himself. Hmm. I like that. And we take this second right here. I just want to take a moment to appreciate how fly Vicky was. Like the second that she took off her booyah outfit, everything she else she wore throughout the entire movie was fire, especially in mm -hmm. for 97. Show. She was fly. She Definitely. was. And I don't think it's, it gets appreciated enough because we get so focused on Holly Berry's orange plastic outfit that we don't recognize the fashions that Mickey was mm -hmm. given. All day, every day. With that being said, if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. There's always merch that can be bought too that you can find on our website. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye, you cinephile.